Welcome to Beyond the Bench, a podcast sponsored by and in conjunction with Gordon Leadership Services. Beyond the Bench is a podcast done by ADs for ADs. Every week in this podcast, three Iowa high school athletic directors talk about current program issues we are dealing with, special moments we've had, a quote of the week, some hot topics, and we will, of course, have some fun along the way talking about things happening with our family and friends. We'll talk with special guests, including athletic directors currently doing the job, retired ADs, and people we work with inside and outside of the school who help to make our program successful. I'm Todd Gordon, currently at Des Moines Roosevelt High School, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial High School and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy High School. All three of us have taken different paths to our current positions, but we believe our separate journeys will make our discussions interesting and informative for ADs from schools of any enrollment size. All three of us have been active in the Iowa High School Athletic Directors Association. I currently serve as the president of the IHS ADA, and Scott and Aaron are both recent past presidents. All three of us hold certifications from the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association, the NIAAA, with Scott being a certified Master Athletic Administrator, and Aaron and myself holding our Certified Athletic Administrator certifications. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you have any questions, current situations, or concerns you are dealing with in your program, and you would like us to discuss them, feel free to email us. Our email address is beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. That email address again, and this is all one word, is beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. And now let's get to today's podcast. Well, good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to episode 13 of Beyond the Bench. We'll say lucky 13, because that's the only way we're going to operate. <laughs> lucky 13, but I uh, got everyone here tonight. I uh, got both Scott and Aaron here, so uh, everybody's feeling healthy and ready to go. How are you guys doing? Doing here. We've got another day coming tomorrow morning. It's, uh, it's getting a little ridiculous. Uh, I'll, I'll have a slow morning tomorrow, I guess. I'm doing well. I'm just uh, just like Aaron. It's cold, and we had a concert this afternoon, and I walked out to my car, and I'm thinking, we're only about a week and a half away from spring break, and it's still below zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crazy stuff. You know what they said on the weather broadcast? I mean, they were they – were- one of those weather history questions, and they they asked when the last time that we had a single digit high in Cedar Rapids in March, and it wasn't that long ago. But then, as they were kind of following up on that, there's never been a in as long as they've been keeping records in which we've had two days in month of March with single digit high. And they go, and we're going to do that in the next two days. Uh, so something has never happened having two days of 
those single digit highs in a row or, or just two days in the month of March, single digit high. Wow. Crazy. Record breaking. Speaking of record breaking, what a segue, Aaron. You, you led to it perfectly. Yeah. I love it. But I guess we need to declare uh, Ankeny Centennial the six-on-six, one-quarter state champion. <laughs> yes. That there was you go. awesome. Did you guys get to watch it? I didn't. No, I didn't get to see it. It was, it was really fun to see the girls play. They had a good time. They had fun with it. And it was fun to see Coach Rasmussen and Coach Wetzel get out there and and then just to watch them during the week at practice they practice with the girls a little bit and just hilarious to see the the girls interact with coach Rasmussen and it was really fun just really fun uh thing Gene Berger and the staff of the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union of course as always just put on a show I mean it was absolutely a show um basketball games were all fantastic but all the you know, the other things going on during the games just to make it uh, entertaining was awesome. No doubt. And uh, I, I saw some video clips of it just as people were putting some things out there. And it just reminded me, just course, I coached the game too. I coached six on six for three years. And it just reminded me, even the girls who did it for a week, how fundamentally sound they looked when they just have two dribbles, they're moving, they're passing. What a fundamentally sound game it really was. You kind of forget that when you yeah. look at it. Yeah, you almost forget that that wasn't that long ago that we were playing six on six. Yeah. What was the crowd reaction like to it? I, I, think, I think they liked it. I mean, you know, when the girls scored, um, everybody was cheering, and obviously it was two – Two schools that had nothing to do with Dowling or Ankeny Centennial, so it was it was neat to see. Yeah, and that did they just have the two referees? I, wasn't it uh, Randy Bloom? Yep, and, and, uh, and Pete. Yeah, yeah. Pete Peterson. Yeah, throwing Dude, the ball back. After it. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was really a a good deal, and um, yeah, the girls' union. They put on a great, great tournament. Pressure's on for the boys now this week, for sure. I know, no doubt. <laughs> well, let's start, just to get us going here tonight, I want to just kind of get your thoughts as we, we think, you know, through the week. I mean, you're, you guys are like me, and uh, you listen to a lot of these, but when you do them, I think I kind of replay it in my head a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick Easley last week um, – I, I thought was just really, really good. Um, you can tell why he had the career that he had. Uh, you can tell just what kind of character he has. And, boy, he just he just makes you want to root for him, uh, yeah. for sure. Um, and, and so we'll go through and, and just kind of all get our thoughts from what kind of carried with us from last week. But I think just the, the thing that – that I still remember is the fact that he wasn't even recruited. He was recruited as a, a punter um, to Division II Missouri Western and was talking them into being able to play receiver. And then it just he just wanted a shot. And, uh, you know, to go from that, from not being recruited, um, to the Outback Bowl MVP, and uh, I think it's just a, a great, great story 
and something we can continually share with our, our kids um, about pursuing their dream. And uh, yeah. that has just stuck with me and inspired me to, to make sure our kids know, hey, if you want something, um, make the right decisions and, uh, and go for it. So I think that's what stuck with me uh, through the week. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, uh, I, I like that. So he's just, what a crazy dad. And he, it's like, he's had a fight and, 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 and scratch and claw for every opportunity he's gotten. And then he's, he's taken advantage of that. Um, one of my big takeaways, and it, it actually showed up uh, a couple of different times in conversations this week. Um, it was, uh, when we, we asked him the question about what advice would you give to high school they don't care they know how much I mentioned this at the end of the podcast last week but it really just resonated really I guess two or three times this week where I, I talked about this his next thing was um, because that that personal relationship and they know how much you care it lets them it lets you coach them on a different level and they understand mm -hmm. why uh, what a huge thing for coaches to uh, those coaches always we build a relationship because we can't take them to their to levels we want to get them to um, superficially uh, or transactionally. Uh, we've got to get into that transformation and know the bush. And that was a big one. Yeah, I, Aaron, I completely agree with you. I, I think that it just uh, Nick is a great example of how transformational coaching makes a difference and how much, you know, coaches, us as athletic directors, even though we're maybe a little bit removed from our student athletes, um, how much of an impact our coaches have on our kids, how much an impact that we can have as an athletic director on our student athletes, and then just to see their journey and their growth through their four years when they're with us. And then, you know, for me, like with Nick, to go see him, go accomplish what he has and you know, I've got countless other kids that I've had um, through my 20 plus years and just seeing the kind of people they become. I mean, how, what it's just incredible. I mean, that's, you know, as, if, as I look back and we, you know, we're kind of talking about coaching tonight. And as I look back, um, you know, all the mistakes I made and how much, you know, how those mistakes, I wish I could go back and so much I could go back and correct those, but how much I've learned. Um, just as much as my student athletes learn from me, I learned a lot from growing and learning and developing with all those kids through all those years I coached. And now even up today, I learned from my coaches. I learned from my student athletes. I learned from, from, you know, Aaron, I learned from you and Todd, which is awesome. And I learned from ADs all over the country. And I, I really think it's, you know, uh, all about that learning, that learning mentality, that growth mentality, like you talk about, Aaron. Yeah, for sure. Um, great point, and a uh, great point by you too, Aaron. And that kind of leads us in to, you know, Scott mentioned it. We're going to talk a lot about coaching tonight, and specifically character-driven coaching and leadership. And we're going to talk about a couple articles, and then I'm going to play some audio from a video. And, you know, for those of you listening, uh, if you don't catch the article title, I'll try and post these in our uh, podcast description this week. Uh, so you'll have access to them as well. So, um, you know, this, 
again, I, I think the first thing we start talking about character-driven coaching and leadership, um, I just come back to, you know, some of Aaron's wisdom he's, the last couple of weeks that, you know, that's great, but we still want, we're still going to try and win. I mean, that we're not going to apologize for winning, um, but how we win and how we go about trying to do it are important. And I think winning takes care of itself when we do things the right way. Um, so a lot of heavy coaching um, this week and uh, kind of transfers to being an AD as well. And just, I think, leadership in general, uh, just the way we live life. So um, here we go. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about uh, is from an article uh, from the Changing the Game Project. And the article I came across was Eight Coaching Mistakes I Wish I Never Made. Um, and it's by John O'Sullivan, who, who works with that uh, Changing the Game project, obviously. Um, and he listed eight things. You know, he talked about eight things. We're not going to go through all eight. Uh, you know, as I post it, you can read it. Uh, you can share with what you want. Um, the first one to me um, is the one that kind of hit home. And it, it was, uh, you know, you're focused on the outcomes instead of the learning. You know, you become an out-based coach. And I think when you're a young coach, especially, um, that's the case. Um, because, unfortunately, sometimes we put our worth, we put who we are based on the wins and the losses because we're so competitive. And uh, that's dangerous as well. So, um for me in the article, that was one that, that stuck out. Um, what about you, Aaron? If you, as you read through those eight, we're going to come back and kind of share a couple personal stories here and there. Uh, but let's kind of highlight the article right now. And um, maybe one that one of the eight that kind of spoke to you a little bit. Uh, sure. Number one was one for me. Uh, that's the beauty of going. Uh, yeah. As I some of the thoughts I had for me was one in terms of the difference between being demanding and demeaning and and i think uh, when we are as you talked about there you talked about their number one of being outcome driven um i think for me that led back to a lot of, of i'd be driven across because my and and i'll speak in coaches in general i think there's a lot of us as younger coaches in particular and some maybe never get past it. Um, when we put our worth, as you said, Todd, into the, the wins and losses, uh, you know, am, am I a 200 game winner, 300 game winner, 400 game winner, et cetera. Um, it causes us to process being demanding, meaning because how dare you. Cope. Mm -hmm. So careful. About that. that was a, a strong. He made the article. I think the one that hit home for me most was number five. I, I did a lot of talking instead of listening. Mm. And just as a young coach, I, I, I thought I kind of knew it all. And uh, which now I look back on it and I didn't know anything at all. Uh, but, uh, and I know it's, it's easier for me to laugh about right now, but when, when you're in it and like you said, we were so competitive and we just get out of that, you know, playing mode. And we're going and we're going to change the world. And by God, we're going to win a state championship because we know how to do it the right way. And uh, what I found out very quickly was, is I didn't know anything. Um, and 
you know, I, I feel bad. I feel bad for some of the kids I had the first year, first years I coached, I, I came off of coaching college for a couple of years, which probably didn't help me in my, you know, becoming a transformational coach because at the college level, it was really all about winning and how we went out and recruited the best players we could so we could go out and win football games. And uh, I think that even set me back a little bit further, but it was easy for me to see uh, just in the first few years. And then I had the opportunity to hear Bruce Brown speak how important it was for me to be a transformational coach versus a transactional and how I needed to start listening to uh, coaches that really knew how to change programs and listening to people like Bruce Brown and Joe Ehrman and all these people that have, you know, great, um, great thoughts, great skill sets for us to learn as coaches so that we can go out and better serve our kids. No doubt. I think that, you know, as ADs, that's the real, that's the real impact we make. Um, not only when we get to interact with the kids and, you know, uh, support them and, and uh, be encouraging to them when we need to and um, showing some tough love if we need to, too. But I think we have to be able, we have to be available to really talk to our coaches about some of these things, too. And uh, that's, that's where we can make an impact is by helping those coaches become better, by pointing some of these things out. And I do believe – that, you know, the mistakes that we made as coaches, I think we do remember them. Um, but I think we remember them for a reason. And that is to help recognize when we see others doing the same thing. And then as a leader, we have a responsibility to point that out. Um, but I share, I've shared with my coaches all the time, one of my probably uh, biggest mistakes and that's that's why I just I talk all the time about priorities because um, I remember back in the 90s especially the the early 90s when I was in Manning and was coaching boys basketball there you know we had a, a good stretch of really three four five years and we had a good 10-year run where uh, we won multiple conference championships but in the early 90s once we got the first couple of years of the program. And then we had about three years in a row where we won 22, 23, 24 games. And uh, but through those times, I mean, I was more focused on the outcomes probably instead of learning. I know there was learning going on, but I always talk to my coaches now about priorities and, you know, how that faith and your family and then your job. And I can, I can remember a game in particular, um, in 1993 over in Coon Rapids Baird little old Jim and they were good we were good um and I remember I got two technicals I used to have a towel over my shoulder I don't know why uh, for show or whatever but I mean I sweat like a pig too but uh <laughs> you know I, I had this towel and I would if I got mad I'd slap that thing on the floor and I mean I, I just think of what me doing that now but I got two technicals which didn't get you kicked out in those days. You had to get a third. Hmm. But I got two just for being dumb. And then I had a player get one too. And, you know, three technicals. And um, it was usually about when I would get out of whack, it was usually late January, early February, when you're keying up for conference championship games and getting ready for tournaments. Um, 
I just would lose focus. And, uh, you know, I had three young children at that time. And I just remember routinely for a few years, just having to tell myself to get my priorities back in line. And then for the rest of the year, I'd be fine. But I just would lose sight and focus of that. So I, I really try to talk to coaches and, and help them through that too, before it gets too bad. Um, if I see priorities getting out of whack. So uh, that's a personal story for me. Uh, but again, it's just because you're becoming so outcome driven. Um, that's what prompted that with me. So that's my mistake or, or one of them, one of many <laughs> that I guess I thought I'd share, but yeah. I do think, you know, that it's just, I'll say it again, because I think it's so important as ADs. We have a responsibility, not only to our kids, but to our coaches to help them be their best. And we've got to get to a point where we, we point those things out to them. Hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. You know, I, one of the, one of my personal ones that I, I thought of during the day uh, to just spin off of what you were talking about there, Todd, is I was, I was really good as a young coach. And then I was really good in my first few years as an AD um, we get caught up in that comparison. Uh, we get in, um, comparing the talent our team to the talent level that our have or our facilities that we have. Um, and man, it just lets us start building that excuse. Uh, and I was pretty good back then at playing, you know, making excuses for why we met. If we weren't successful, well, there had to be something they had we didn't. Because it sure couldn't be my coaching, or shouldn't could, or sure couldn't be our work ethic, or sure, it couldn't be how, you know, how we prepare for the game. It had to be something they had, person <clears throat> to us rather than, than us. And, and I, I think that does two things. One is that they from they, it keeps you from here's what you have and your responsibility to make that you can be. Teach them how to pursue their best. And if I'm so focused on what my opponent has versus what I don't have or what they have facilities versus what I don't have. I'm not busy giving my kids my best to make them. So uh, as I play this, I still, still, I mean, man, I went over there to Waukee to that, uh, all that all regional team dual wrestling. And yeah, yep, Jim, it's, it's nice. Went down to Liberty uh, a few weeks back for a jazz band competition and, or, you know, jazz band, uh, Thing down there watching our jazz band. I walked out of the beautiful auditorium. And Mike goes, hey, Steph, me. let me show you our weight room. And I'm like, I don't want to go see him, Mike. And yep, they're nice. Uh, and it gets so easy to play the comparison <laughs> game. Uh, you know, with the cool stuff they have. And I had to stop myself and think, yes, okay, they do. But we got everything we need here to be successful. Let's stop whining about what we don't have. And let's start working real hard with what we do have. Um, so that was a mistake yeah. I made a lot early and still fall into that trap sometimes. Of, of, uh, maybe I perceive advantages uh, over us are, and it doesn't it doesn't help me focus on well. But here's our advantages and our strengths, and let's and let's use them to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Good. Scott, well, you've got uh, you're just I know you're you're silent right now because you're trying to think about which mistake you want to share, right? Oh God, I've got so many. I, I we all do. We I all do. I continue to 
make mistakes. Uh, you know, as I look back on my coaching career, you know, I think it's just the fact, you know, like, again, I go back to that article and just had I just listened more and had taken the time to just go out and, and talk to the people who really probably knew what they were talking about. Um, I remember before I took my first head football job, I talked to uh, Coach Post from Decora, who won tons of games, and uh, he gave me a bit of advice that I did not listen to, and I probably should have. And he really tried to point out to me that, hey, you know, Scott, you can't go there and just win games. You gotta, you know, do you know all there's all these steps that go into winning, and you m- make sure that you focus on that. And that was, you know building relationships with kids, um, you know, getting them to know that I cared about them. And, and I, it wasn't all about the results. It was about making them better people. You know, and the article goes on to talk about, you know, the mistakes I made. I, I should have been a teacher versus trying to be a general of the army. And we're going to go out and we're warriors and we're going to go win this battle. Um, so, it, you know, just, just all that stuff that goes into being a coach, I wish I just would have known that, had I just focused on developing the relationships with kids, I would have been a lot better off than going in and, and trying to be the general versus the teacher. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, we'll move on, but one of the, the quotes that stuck with me through this, and I, I think, you know, we can look back and we can, obviously we're not here to beat ourselves up. Um, and we're, it's just, we learn from those and, uh, the quote that is in that article about the eight coaching mistakes by John O'Sullivan, it, it, there's one quote in there. It says that we don't get a do over, you know, we can't go back in time and change those things, obviously. So we don't get a do over, but we all can get a quote, do better. So, you know, it's about moving on, you know, and if you're a young coach out there listening, you know, gosh, I made six mistakes or you're, you're a young AD Hey, the old ADs make mistakes too. Uh, the old coaches make mistakes too. I think what we learn to do as we become more, quote, seasoned is maybe to move on a bit quicker um, and go a little bit more, more day-to-day, you know. Um, I read a quote today too that said, you know, we don't have – you don't have a bad day. This is a John Gordon. You don't have a bad day. You have a bad moment. Mm-hmm. So if you dwell on that bad moment and make that become a bad day, well then, yeah, that's a loss. Um, but we can always do better. Uh, we can learn from it and do better. So um, I'll, I'll post that article. People can read that. Just a little reflection um, and just to help us be a little bit better. This, the second article we're going to talk about is, uh, as we get into more character stuff, is why character beats results in the long run. It's by Amy Manson, uh, and this was on Positive Coach Alliance, Positive Coaching Alliance. Um, Amy Manson was an All-American athlete, um, was in the Olympic trials, <clears throat> and uh, I'll post a link for this as well. But we're going to talk about one quote here as we, we gather some thoughts. Um, one of the quotes she had was, winning on the scoreboard or clock only provides a stage to expose and amplify one's character. Mm-hmm. I read that back real quick. 
Winning on the scoreboard or clock only <clears throat> provides a stage to expose and amplify one's character. Where's that hit you, Aaron? Smack between the eyes. Um, <laughs> no, I tell you what, I, I, I really love, I, I love that quote. Um, it, it's a conversation I, I actually was with uh, Coach Gerald's out of Marion University, women's basketball coach there, and having a conversation. She, they were on their way from in, Indianapolis yesterday uh, to the uh, city for the NIA D2 uh, Women's National Basketball Tournament. Stopped now at Kennedy for the last three years. Had a her and I were talking, and it's interesting that the, this quote in it, and Todd had what we talked about. Um, we got into a conversation about recruiting and what she's looking for. And one of the first things she talked about uh, in recruiting when she's going to watch kids play is when the game is over, if she's interested in an athlete, she's paying attention to them the minute the game is over and their reaction when the game is over. If they won, do they go celebrate with their teammates? If they lost, or his, do they care? It matter to them that they lost? Or they just, you know, the stat board on the bigger scoreboard. She's constantly evaluating, in essence, the player's character by how they handle uh, the adversity of a loss or the, the success of a win. And it tells her so much about their character in terms of who she'll be bringing into her program. Uh, and I think for me, that's the biggest thing. I, the, that moment provides so much for uh, our true self to be revealed. Uh, and, uh, so I had that quote. I got reflecting back on that conversation yesterday with with, uh, with Katie um, and what she's looking for and how how it matters so much. How we 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 handle adversity, or we handle success. Um, it's going to tell us everything about uh, ourselves. Um, and uh, yeah, I, Aaron, I, I isn't it crazy how all three of us read that article and I. Th- feel like all three of us went to that same quote mm-hmm. and that, that I don't know if that's scary or not <laughs> we we all I, I think athletics is such a great platform you know to develop character um, but there's so many things in life that develop our character but in Aaron you kind of alluded to this already a little bit but just the fact that sports can reveal your character like nothing else because you are in the public eye and the coach and the, the kids watching you and the elementary kids see you, whether you're shaking hands with the, the other team after the game or you're, you know, turning your back and walking out the, out the gym without shaking anybody's hands. If you're disrespectful to the referees, um, I think athletics really reveals character. I know that it maybe doesn't always develop character because I think that's what our coach's role is to teach, use that platform of sport to teach um, character and, and develop our young people um, and knowing, like we've talked about, that it's, it's more than, it's beyond the scoreboard. It's, it's more than the wins and the losses. And I know, like Aaron, we, you've talked about this in the past, it, it's, you know, it, it still can be about winning, but gosh, there are so many things that I've learned that, you know, our student athletes learn through sport and it just transcends, um, you know, the relationships, um, the wins and losses. 
it all comes when, when you get back together with your high school friends or your friends that you played sports in college, it's really about all those relationships you developed. And, and again, I, I say this a lot, but every time I see a successful team or a successful business, it's always a discussion around the love for one another, the, you know, the role that they have on the team and how they can best fit that role. So everyone is successful and they, everyone knows that without what I do, we wouldn't be successful as a team, whether I'm, you know, the starter, whether I'm the, the salesperson, whether I'm the manager, whether I'm the CEO, we all have a role to make this the most successful business or team that we possibly can. And how can we as coaches and athletic directors and leaders of high school kids, how can we get them to that next level, which is, not always division one, which is not always professional sports, but it's how can we now teach our kids to go out and be the best person they can be and fill the role that they need to within their organization to make it an amazing organization. True. You know, and and let's be real. Um, It is more difficult to show that character and that, that positive sportsmanship it's harder to do when you're winning than when you're losing because we can promote that. Obviously, you know, if things aren't going bad and coaches can say, well, you know, let's be a good sport. And, but how many, how many times or have you seen consistent winners not show character? And so it's hard to do when you're winning because you get caught up in that outcome based mm-hmm. and um, you know, that's hard to do. Another quote that uh, was in that article and you got to think about this a little bit, and we may not unpack this here tonight, but was that character can win without athletic results, but the reverse does not hold. So character can win without positive athletic results, but the, the opposite doesn't hold true. So read it the opposite way. Yeah. Athletic results cannot win without character. Yep. Yep. And – so that that's the hard part, and yeah, I'm gonna share. I'm, I'm gonna share a story about you know a, a team here, um, and a situation that we had, and kind of it kind of led me to one of the articles that I wrote um, last year. Um, we were playing a team, and I won't even say which sport or or whatever. We were playing a team, and the team the previous year had been a state champion. And um, we happened, we beat the team. And as the game went on, and you could tell we were going to win, we had control of the contest. Um, You could see the other team, and this state championship team had been kind of a perennial state champion team or right on the edge. You know, they're always right there in the discussion. And you could kind of see that team starting to implode um, toward our kids um, with a lot of negative stuff, both physically and verbally. Um, You could just see it starting to turn. So the game ends, we win, um, you know, pseudo handshakes. They weren't happy and, you know, kind of stormed off and uh, we're talking the whole way out. Kind of like Aaron said, they're, they're playing the blame game uh, to me and to the officials. And so I thought our kids, uh, our program just handled themselves. They didn't 
buy into it. They didn't stoke it. They just went about their business and moved on. They won and just walked away, shook hands, were very gracious. So the next day, I, I just was so impressed with our kids um, that I went down, I went to their practice. And the thing I told them was this, <clears throat> excuse me. I said, you can win on a scoreboard and you can be winners and you can do this and that, and you can have state championships. But after they say, you know, that team is really good or that player is really good. The next word that's said after that is what defines you. And that, that word is either going to be but or and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. That was the title of the article that I wrote, but or yeah, and. That one. Because that team can be, that team, boy, they're a great team. They're, they're fun to watch. They're this, they're that. But, boy, are they jerks. Mm-hmm. Or it can be the opposite. Man, that team is really fun to watch, or that that person's really fun to watch compete. And man, are they a class act? Do they do it the right way? Yeah. So my challenge to them wasn't to demean who we had played. Mine was to praise them and to say, you guys are and because you played a great game and you did it the right way. Great, great uh, point. And that's, it was, it was just so apparent to me at that point, you know, that um, that was a stage for them to expose their character. Yep. And one team did it negatively and one team won on the scoreboard and they displayed their character in a very, very positive way. So um, that's yep. a story I had. With that. I don't know if either one of you had anything well, you want to follow up. I, I do. I'm sure Scott does also, but, you know, with some of the things I had kind of judged, I was thinking through preparing for tonight. You know, to, when you talk about, you know, either that moment the, the game is done or Todd, as you're talking about, how, how a team and a coach and, and a community um, responds to adversity, responds to um, it, But that is of the overall philosophy of, of a team or a coach or a program. And that philosophy has to do with this, this equation, if you will. Is the person greater than the player or is the player greater than the person? Uh, and that's a mm. question I think coaches have to really kind of ask themselves in terms of the if, if you believe the player is greater than the person, the outcome that that player produces matters the most. The play that 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 player produces. Do they do they score a lot of points? Do they generate turnovers. They do they uh, generate big plays. Do or, or do they turn the ball over? Or they foul at the wrong time. Or do they, you know, uh, miss in time? You know, frame after frame. If greater than coach or program, then you are dri- you're driving those kids in your program to be outcome based because I'm only. I'll only be totally valued and completely valued by my coach or by my parent or by my teacher or by my boss. If I perform, if you're the other way around on that and you're the greater than the player, they are matters more. They generate how many fouls they got. Did they hit the big shot or, or did they miss the big shot? That That's all secondary to I'm trying to create the use my sport 
my classroom, my activity, my influence on them to to help them be the best per to become the best person they can be. And that and sport be <coughs> my influence. Uh, teach them the lessons through the game that help them become a better person. But their value to me has nothing to do with if their first team all conference yeah. or not. And one of the things I think when people get in trouble with it, when it's when the player is greater than the person, um, then you get yourself into heated situations that, he, you know, how you talked earlier about you kind of that, that flip and you're up for conference in the sub state and, and you kind of got outside yourself a little bit. Um, what we get caught up in in those moments and those those heated moment things is if the person now if the player matter and the player and the play matters more than the person and who they are, we start to get conditional values. We start to step mm -hmm. aside from what we know what we know want to be like or be known for. Now all of a sudden, okay, we're down four or three go, and I'm going to start behaving in a way I know way to behave. I'll start treating kids in the way I know isn't right, but for the, in this moment. Well, yeah, we got to win the game, so it's okay. Um, we got to a person always has to be greater than the player. Right, boy. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna uh, transition here. Um, we're gonna keep going, and I'm gonna play a little audio um, from a video that's kind of connected to this the Positive Coaching Alliance. And it's by Heather Petrie. Um, she is a a water polo Olympian. Uh, the article, you know, I, I got to admit, I'm not a big water polo watcher. Uh, <laughs> no, you will have to stop. I, I haven't caught that on ESPN, the Ocho, I guess. Um, <laughs> I do admire when I watch it. I don't know how they stay afloat like they do. I, it's amazing to me. Um, but anyway, you know, Heather Petrie is uh, – supposedly the most decorated female water polo player in the world. Um, so she's talking about character here and uh, the, mean of, the meaning of character to her. So we're going to take a listen to this. I hope it should come through. Um, and uh, we'll give it a go. So take a listen to this, if you would. Character really defines who you are, whether the lights are on or the lights are off. Because oftentimes you're in an have an opportunity to be your best self, and if people are watching you um, and you can display that, great. They all believe it and see it. But it's when nobody's watching. You know, how are you um, connecting with yourself and really understanding how you would make your choices? And I think that character defines that. It, character will define what you do in stressful situations. So the quote that stuck with me that, and it, it's kind of a summary of what she says, is character is what you do in stressful situations in public and private mm -hmm. with the lights on or the lights off. And she, she makes a point there. That, yeah, you know, we do it in public. We can show good character. We can, uh, we can show that when the lights are on. But really, it's shown in private. And when the lights are off, that's when our character is really revealed. 
And I think, Aaron, to go back to your point, uh, to the coach from Marion um, in Indiana, when she's watching players um, on how they react after the game, yeah, the lights are on, but really the lights are off then too. Yeah. Because you're not in the spotlight. You're not playing the game. You might have all that great talent. But when you don't know when people are watching you, that's when your character is really revealed. I um, thought that was really a, a great quote that she made. Uh, well, I think when I think about that, uh, Todd and Aaron, I think about, you know, I know Aaron's posted this before, but you see the big iceberg sticking out of the water. Mm-hmm. And, and you see, you know, it's, a, you know, it's, it's large, it's huge, but the ice that's below the surface is just enormous. And it, it just kind of makes me think about whether a coach or a player or an athletic director. Um, it's, it's about all the work that you do when nobody's watching that really counts and really matters. It's all the things that you do that are extra that make you successful uh, versus what everybody sees, whether it's, you know, the points on the scoreboard, whether it's for the coach, the number of wins they have, um, you know, it's, it's really about all the work and, and all the things that go, you know, behind the scenes versus what everybody always sees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, that, you know, I, I don't know how many times I had it said to me and then I, I know I've, I've said it so many times. I know I hear my coaches saying it all the time of, um, you know, characters reveal or, you know, um, make sure I get this right. Um, your character is going to be measured by uh, what you do when nobody's looking. So make the right choice, mm-hmm. the right things, even when, even when you think nobody's watching. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's so, it's so crucial and so uh, uh, valuable for kids to learn that lesson and understand that. And for all of for us as, the, as leaders and adults to, to keep that in mind as well. Um, that, and let's be honest, somebody's always watching. Um, somebody's yeah. always watching. And what's going to happen if you're somebody of high character, a person of high character, the lights are on and people are watching, but you're not, um, when the spotlight is on, people are going to see that, they're going to know that, uh, they're going to feel that. And, and that's going to erode away at trust. Uh, and you really can't have a relationship without without trust and people know it. there's no you know dr w mary wazinski my my uh my mentor principal here at kennedy for so long man i uh, she always said uh um she always said there's there's no high school there's no secrets on a team uh you mean something mm-hmm. you know in the dark and nobody saw uh what you're doing when the lights are on and and, and uh and when they're not on. And, and I think it makes a difference in terms of building that team trust and that team character so that when the lights are on and, and, and the game's on the line and you're in that high pressure moment, um, if you're somebody, if you're a team who has character on and off the court, uh, when the lights are on, when they're on, they show and come through because you're the that has trust and accountability versus one another. And so therefore your work, your process is going to be fantastic rather than sketchy. Uh, and you just see those, those teams rise to the top um, that, that are high character all the time because it drives their preparation, their process, and that's what drives results long-term. No doubt. And I, I just, yeah, that's a great, that's a great thought. There are no, there's, there's, there's no secrets. No. Uh, 
there's nothing really done in private. Um, and I think it's important for, for all of us to remember that, you know, there's nothing said that stays in private either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things get back, they get around. Um, the things that we say that we think we're saying to somebody in confidence or in private that may be either not true or not positive, man, we got to watch that. Um, because those are the things we're saying uh, with the lights. We think the lights are off and boy, the lights are always on. Uh, yeah. So well, we've got to really mind ourselves. And, and those things just, they come out. If nobody, you coach, you're sitting in your office and you're and you kind of start getting real sad. Um, they may never hear it, but they feel it. Um, you know, but people, people just uh, feel that. And I go back to some of that John Gordon stuff when, when they'll talk, he'll talk about uh, his power of positive leadership book actually is giving tremendous energy up to a race feet around us. Uh, and, and that the your heart, your, your deep down in your gut thoughts is being projected whether you really or not. So, um, I, I think we always have to kind of keep that in mind too, that you may not think you're being watched or you may not have been heard, but you'll be felt, uh, if that's how you really believe it. And again, that's going to come out on how you coach, how you prepare, um, how you act, you behave and, and, and people just know it. You can feel it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, we're going to, we've unpacked a lot here tonight and, uh, as you know, we were talking before we even started. We could just do a we could do a podcast on this every week. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're all passionate about it. Um, the three dimensional coaching model that you know Scott and uh, Brent Butcher have going up in in Ankeny right now, and and uh, you know we just all believe so much in transformational coaching and transformational leadership. Um, I know we could talk about this all night, but um, I'm going to run through just a couple of those quotes again, and then we're going to let Aaron kind of wrap some things up because Aaron has, uh, he does a great job with this teaching it at Kennedy too. And we're going to let him teach us a little bit tonight as we wrap up. But uh, those quotes again, um, just kind of one from each little sections. Don't, we don't get a do over. This is one of the one about coaching mistakes. We don't get a do-over, but we all can get a do-better. Mm-hmm. And then when you talk about character in the long run by Amy Manson, winning on the scoreboard or clock only provides a stage to expose and amplify one's character. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff. And then from the video with Heather Petrie, and character is what you do in stressful situations in public and private with the lights on or the lights off. But as she said, it's when the lights are off and when we're in private, when that true character is really revealed. So Aaron, why don't you wrap it up for us tonight? Well, uh, thanks for kicking this for that, Todd. Yeah, I think one of the things we have – we and maybe I should just be saying I, uh, but I think a lot of us can relate to this. That I think I have to get better at reminding myself of, and I think we as 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 leaders, agents, and coaches, 
and, and parents have to constantly remind us what, what's the game we're playing. Um, are we playing the long game? Or are we playing the short game? And there's a great video out there. It's about a half hour video. Simon Sinek has a great talk on this, this idea of playing the long game versus the short game. So if you're interested in, in that, go, go Google Simon Sinek, long game, short game, and you'll make your way to it. But in that, he's, he's about the people and serving and, and leading the people and being the best out of it. He's not talking about lines and, and courts and, you know, wins and losses. He's talking about developing people and, and developing relationship. And, and we have to constantly, if we're going to be somebody who's going to teach and coach for character, we have to remind them the long game. Uh, and they can trip us up and get us into that short game mode. Start thinking about short goals like a win-loss record or conference championships and things like that. Rather than focus on the long game, which is we're building character, uh, we're building uh, all, those, all those great traits that we know uh, educational athletics can develop. And, and if we're not, uh, I don't go on to say that by coaching for the long game, by coaching character, uh, earlier, we, we tend to drive us better, work hard, strong relationships. Um, be better teammates, uh, have better trust for one another, and then build for that long game and that building character. We're actually going to make our process even better and the results we're looking for, which is their best level, performing at their best level when it matters. So we've got to always know what game are we playing? Are we playing long game? Are we playing short game? If you're going to be a short game focused coach or a short game focused person, you're going to be going for short term wins. And man, you'll be you 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 might be a mile wide, but you're going to be an inch deep uh, in in what you're accomplishing, what you're doing, and what you're doing. We can never forget that all the time about our responsibility. Our duty is ads, uh, and our number one responsibility is to build these kids up because they're not going to remember how well we taught them how to set a screen, shoot a basketball, pass a football, mm -hmm. hit a volleyball. They're going to remember the way we cared about them built up in yeah. them, trusted them, loved them, cared about them, and built them into the green on the road. It's a long Yeah. Oh, no. Well, boy, thanks, guys. Uh, I'm better tonight. I know that. And uh, appreciate your thoughts, Scott. Thank you for yeah. um, trying, getting here tonight. And, and uh, boy, Aaron, thank you. Um, it's just uh, just great to do this, you know, and I hope uh, everyone yeah. out there is um, able to listen to this and uh, give it a listen. Um, we appreciate you listening. Those of you that are listening regularly, uh, thank you. If you've got something you want to talk about, uh, you want us to talk about, maybe you want to talk with us, um, let us know. If you're passionate about something and something you think can uh, really help make people better, uh, make us better at our jobs as ADs, make coaches better. Well, let's talk about it. And uh, it, it, this isn't about us. This is just about trying to help everybody get better. We become better in the 45 to 50 minutes we talk. And uh, we would love to talk with people who want to help us get better too. Um, that's what it's all about. Um, so uh, Scott, Aaron, have a great week this week. 
Uh, you too, Todd. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, everyone just keep doing uh, what you're doing. Uh, and if you're not quite doing it right, don't worry about it. There's always a chance to get better. Um, but just keep fighting the good fight. Keep fighting the good fight for the right, the right reasons as well. I think that's the main thing. Do it for the right reasons. So everybody have a great week out there. Thanks for listening. Uh, not only will you be better this week, but I hope you'll be blessed as well. Take care.